And, Lord, we curse sickness over her body in the name of Jesus. Father, we bind this evil report from the doctors. We come against this evil diagnosis. And, Father, we thank you that by Jesus' stripes, Melissa is healed. And we thank and praise you, Father, for what you are doing in our midst. We thank you that Melissa is healed. And, Father, we're praying for um, renew, and we thank you for her healing, Lord. We curse every symptom. We curse high blood pressure. We curse everything that is not like God. And, Father, we thank you that she is healed by the stripes of Jesus. And we bless her, Father, and we give her all the honor, give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for Van, and Lord, we curse symptoms in his body. We thank you, Father, that Van is healed. We curse the evil report of the doctors. And Father, we thank you that Van is healed. Hallelujah. And that he will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, God is doing something new. You know, God is always doing something. Amen. And that's what's so good about God. Hallelujah. He is doing something new. So why don't we get started? Father, we thank and praise you for your word. Lord, we ask that you uh, break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Lord, we want to hear from heaven. So that we can be healed in every way. Lord, heal us spiritually, physically, and mentally. Lord, we we have the mind of Christ, but we want to operate out of it today. We thank and praise you, Father, for blessing us, giving us wisdom and revelation. And we do thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. So God is doing something new. Amen. He is doing a new thing if we let him. <laughs> How many of you are going to let him? I'm going to let him. I'm ready for a new thing. You know, we say we want things to change, but we don't recognize when God is doing what we prayed for him to do. So we need to stay in tune with God. Now, how do we do that? Renewing our mind in the word. If we would renew our mind. You know, some people say, well, what does that mean? Because I read my Bible. I believe it means allow that word to just enter in, go into it with an open mind and allow it to saturate you, saturate you, saturate your heart, your, your, your mind, your thinking, and just mutter over it. Don't just read it and be done, but allow that word to penetrate and to saturate amen and it will change you you keep doing it it will change you amen so god is doing a new thing among his people amen and so in other words it's out with the old and in with the new in other words god is saying in this hour forget about the past forget about what's been done Forget about even your victories, because this is a new day and a new dawning. You know, the prophecies that we're receiving is that this is a new era. We talked about that yesterday, a new era, a new season where God is changing things, and things will never go back the way they were, and that's the part I like. I don't want to go back. I don't want 2018 anymore. I want... To see what 2019 is going to be. And I know it's going to be great. Because God is involved in everything that I'm doing. Amen. 
God has only good plans for his people. So the old has been laid to rest and now the new era begins where God is doing the impossible things. I think we're living in a season where he's going to do, this is the thing, this is what, what I think is going on. God is doing the impossible things. In other words, he's doing things that man's hands cannot touch. That only, when it happens, you know that only God could do it. Only God did it. Man's hands cannot touch what God is doing in this hour. Amen. And so you can, all you can do is just sit up and say, what an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. It's just like the, the Israelites. When the Red Sea parted, they knew that man's hands was not on that. And so I believe that God is doing these type of things. You know, signs and wonders, great and mighty deeds, where man's hands, all we need to do is just believe it or sit, sit back and watch it. But I prefer to decree what God has already said. He He has great plans, you know, for us. His purpose for us is going to be shown. And I know that his glory will be shown among men. I I think that's what God is up to. He wants his glory to be seen upon all men. He wants his glory to manifest, amen, throughout the earth. And we're living in these times. And isn't it peculiar that we live in these specific times? It's not an accident. He wanted you here at this time because we're all a part of his glory manifesting in all the earth. And so we have to allow it to happen. Don't fight against this. You know, oh, look at the devil. I bind you. No, this is God. We're going to see some great mighty things done by God. Amen. And I think we need to intercede. A lot of it is going to happen uh, through the prophetic voice. You know, amen. And I believe that we need to just stay close to God and watch what he's doing. Amen. He is changing us day and night. He wants us to straighten up so to, and get rid of the fear, get rid of, uh, you know, I, I can tell God is testing his people to see if they are hearing his voice. He wants us to be in tune with his voice. He's training us and he is putting uh, um, uh, the anointing on us stronger, more and more. I just believe these things. And so and the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon the earth. Amen. People will be awakened by the Spirit of God and start to walk in God's power like we're supposed to be doing. But I believe in these last days we're going to walk in his power like never before. Why? Because he's doing something new. And so we have to allow these things things to happen. So all we need to do is understand that it's a supernatural thing. And we have to, to allow these things to happen and do our part. Obedience is very important in this hour. Amen. It's in, it, instructions are very important in this hour. Let's go to Matthew 4. Hallelujah. Matthew 4.16. Hallelujah. And this is after Jesus was tempted and before the fishermen were called as disciples. And it says, let's do, what did I say, verse 16, let's do uh, 14. It says, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken or prophesied by Isaiah the prophet. See these, we're living in prophetic times. 
And 15 says the land of uh, Zubalon and the land of Neph, I'm just going to say Nephetati, <laughs> Nephetali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness, and this is important, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Amen. So the light has come. And this is in 17. I'm going to go on and read that one. And it says, from the time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, we're living in those times. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah prophesied it, and this is that. And so we have to understand what's going on in the earth. Will you be a part of it? Will you take your rightful place in what's going on in the kingdom? Because God needs you. He's going to do it with or without us, but I'd rather be a part of what God is doing than to be caught doing something else. Amen. Amen. And this is, this was, um, the beginning of Jesus' Galilean, did I say that right, ministry. Amen. So let's go to Isaiah 60. Hallelujah. Isaiah 60. And give me a chance to find it. Hallelujah. We're living in exciting, in exciting times. Now I just believe that. A lot of people are full of fear. Amen. See, because we only like, when I say we, I mean the majority of the church only like what they know. Amen. But if you put your, your life in God's hands, you know that it's only going to be good. He will take care of us. And I'm excited. Amen. For what God is doing. Because he only does things good. He does all things well. Amen. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 60. Let's see. I don't know how far. Let's start at verse 1. And it says, For uh, arise, shine. That's you and me. What you going to do? Get up off that couch. Get up off the pew. Take it to the street. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep or gross darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light. Hallelujah. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. See, they're they're following the light. Not because you're popular. But they are following your light. Amen. <laughs> your, your son shall come from afar. And your daughter shall be nursed at your side. And then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. It says wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you and the multitude 
multitude of camels shall cover your land and the dromedaries of the Midian and the ephah. I'm going to stop there. But in other words, you'll see wealth. Don't sit up and wait for the wealth of the wicked. God knows how to bless his people because he says he can and because he wants to. Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you, God is doing something new. And I want to be right where he's doing everything that he says he's going to do. I want everything to manifest in my life that he said is going to, that I'm due to happen. So it's no no time to leave God now. (laughs) It's, It's time to increase your knowledge. Amen. Increase your relationship. Get closer to him. Amen. And listen to his voice. You know, become fine-tuned again. And I believe that's what God wants. He wants us to become fine-tuned. You know, like back in the day when you were excited about God. Amen. Then it got difficult and you thought about backing off. And many did. Amen. Many did. But I'm telling you, God is increasing our knowledge. He's increasing our understanding Our revelation, the more you feed into him, the more he feeds back into you. This is the time. Hallelujah. Amen. So the, the, the glory, the world, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the knowledge of, of God as the waters cover the sea. And so God is, is, he's just doing a a spiritual work and he's using his people here on earth. We're supposed to bring heaven right here on earth. Amen. People shouldn't be killing one another. I mean, all this stuff that's going on in Chicago, that shouldn't be. Amen. But if people would pray and do their part, oh, my goodness, we would see miracle after miracle. This is the the time that we're living in right now. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Amen. God's glory shall be seen upon us. And upon the earth. And the Gentiles shall come to your light. If you make yourself available, God will have people come to you wanting to hear the word of God. A new era where God is divinely surprising his people suddenly. See, you're supposed to stay ready. Amen. God's people are always ready because we're living in a suddenly season where God can manifest himself on the bus. Amen. Anywhere you, anywhere you are. Hallelujah. Uh, Sheree was on the bus the other night and she uh, ministered to some people that were just irate. And she would say, oh, Lord, how am I going to step in here? But, you know, God will always have a way for you to break through. And all you have to do is open your mouth. And so when she did, she said, let us pray. (laughs) We're going to pray. (laughs) And they shut up, didn't they? Amen. But she said, the Lord told her, mention my name. Hallelujah. So it's as simple as mentioning his name. And we just, just step out. Step out and... Just obey God. And and I think this is where God is trying to get all of his servants. He's trying, well, his sons and daughters. We're no longer servants, but we're sons and daughters of God. He's trying to get us to that point where we won't even give it a second thought. We'll just listen for his voice so that he can tell us how to intervene 
in natural situations so that we can bring people to Christ because you never know what's going on in people's lives. You know, when, when, um, people are sick, they don't tell you all the time. And so you always want to be that person that somebody says, let's call her or let, but I think God is going to more and more put us in these, throw us right in these situations <laughs> on the bus, on the street. Wherever you are, let's go to Luke 1. Hallelujah. So we have to stay ready and with the word already, always in our mouth. Amen. Luke 1. Let's see. Oh, verse 26. Uh, yeah. Luke 1, 26. And it says, oh, okay, let me just set this up now. When God does something that's already planned, he has that on his agenda. Amen. It's not ours, but it's his. And Mary was a perfect example of a divine uh, surprise or uh, God doing something new. Amen. Now, God always uses a prophet or he get he gets the word to you some kind of way before he does something new it's usually always announced in or or comes through a prophetic word or prophetic voice or he'll speak to you prophetically in your ear well uh gabriel the angel acted as a, a prophet because they are they always announce what god is doing and he went to Mary and said, behold, you know, you're going to have a, don't fear. First thing he said. And I believe with, before, when the prophetic word comes forth, it always come, comes with instruction. So what did the angel say? He said, do not fear. So that was instruction for her. Amen. So here the prophet of God, Gabriel, comes to Mary with a new thing, a, a divine surprise. And it comes with instruction. So let's start in 26. I had to figure out what was going on here. And it says in 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It's like, fine way to greet me, a virgin. And in 30, he says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. So that was an instruction from God. If God tells you not to be afraid, you got to get rid of that fear. You have to fight it, and he'll help you fight that fear. And so his, he says, do not be afraid. Amen. He says, Mary, you, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, and shall be called his name Jesus. Now, had the Messiah ever come before or had we ever had a Messiah on the earth? No, we hadn't. God called Moses and people like that to lead the people. But there had never been a Messiah before. It was time. So this was a, a divine 
surprise. This was a new thing. In other words, this was a new thing. So God is always doing new things. Amen. So he did a new thing and Mary obeyed. You know, she, not that she just took it lightly. Amen. Let's write down Amos 3, 7. I won't go there, but it says, Surely God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to the prophets, his servants. And so the angel acted as a prophet because that's really what they are. Amen. And Mary was (laughs) confused. Amen. But she followed the instructions. Because instead of uh, staying in fear and astonishment, she got bold and started asking God some questions. Well, when is this going to be? And what makes you so sure? And how am I? Because she asked him, how will I do this? And, and I know not a man. And so she started to ask questions. Amen. And she even went to her cousin Elizabeth. Because the, uh, God told her, or the angel told her, your cousin is with child too. And she's barren. And she traveled all the way to her cousin's house to see if it was true. And when she got there, she found out her cousin was with child six months. And so it's okay to question, but you don't, you don't come against the Lord and what he's doing. You, you, to the best of your ability, you, uh, get in there and work with him and not against him. Amen. So after the birth announcement that it was a supernatural occurrence. Amen. Totally orchestrated by God. And this is what's important. His plan, his purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Never been done before. So those three things we need to keep in mind. His plan, his purpose, and never been done before. God wanted to bless Mary. And he wanted to bless all mankind through her with something new. Never doubt. That something is just for you. It's always other people attached to your blessing. It's always someone else attached to your assignment. That's why it's important to follow instructions. If Mary hadn't followed instructions and did what she was told to do, we would not be here. Amen. But she followed instruction. Even though fear was attached to this this uh, news that she got. But she obeyed God. It was a new era. Amen. A new season where it was time for the Messiah. See, we don't, we, the people that were living back then, they didn't have that on their agenda, but God had it on his. His plan, his purpose. Amen. And never been done before. Hallelujah. Let's go to Isaiah 43. It was time for the Messiah. And he was a perfect sacrifice. That would have, that would save all mankind. Amen. So in other words, it was at that time, it was a new thing. God did a new thing. Let's see. Isaiah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, let's see, 43, did I say 43? Amen. Isn't that familiar? Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we know that one. Let's see, 43 verse 18. <laughs> okay, 
verse 18. And it says, do not remember the former things. Not consider the things of old. But behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth. See, certain words are so important. It shall spring forth. And that means to me, something new. Uh, something that uh, is coming without your permission. Something that's coming quick, suddenly. And God doesn't have to ask anybody to do it because it's his plan, his purpose, and it's a new thing. Amen. So it says here, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? But he'll speak with signs and wonders. He'll speak to you in different ways to try to let you know. He'll speak to you through revelation so you'll know what's going on. Amen. So it says, shall it, uh, shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the beast of the field will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches, um, because I give water in the wilderness, because I, let's see, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, I give drink to my people, my chosen. Amen. And this, this people I have formed for myself. And they shall declare my praise. See, God is up to something. We're living in these days. Amen. Isaiah 43 all the way to now. And this is that. What the prophet Isaiah is speaking about. So he said, remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Because now I am doing something new. And God wants all of us to take part of it. We're all a part of what this new thing that he's doing. But it's going to spring up. That's the thing about it. Nobody can say it's going to happen on this day, this time. This. Only God knows. So it's our job to be ready whenever he starts to do something new. Like Mary, she was available. The, you know, the angel didn't say that the angel had problems finding her. She was available. So be available. Amen. Come out of the past. And I think this is what the Lord wants. Line your faith up with God and stop considering the things of old. Let it go. Amen. Consider not where you've been and what you've endured. It's time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon us. Amen. Seek the Lord because righteousness is going to hit the earth. It, I think it's going to happen inside of us first. But it's coming. How else will people see our light? How else will they see our light? God is revealing his glory. So keep your eyes on God and what he is doing. He's doing things supernaturally. Stop having confidence in the natural realm. We're, we're supernatural beings. Stop. Having confidence in what you can see, feel, think, touch. Take your confidence out of man and what you can see. And put it over into God. Amen. Take your confidence out of the world system. It's failing. It's failing us. It's failing the people. Amen. And keep moving on because 2018 is over. And 2019 is here. Amen. So we look forward to what's ahead, not what's behind. Hallelujah. 
We have made some mistakes, but now God has given us a clean slate. Amen. Do you feel like you've gotten a clean slate? If not, pray it through, as the old people used to say. We need to pray it through. Amen. And I think praying it through meant a lot of repenting, a lot of crying out, just a lot of seeking God. Amen. Until you get a clear picture or at least be on board with what God is doing. Hallelujah. Because he's doing something great. Amen. You know, don't let the devil torture you with con- torture you with condemnation. That's what know that you have a clean slate with God. Amen. And that's something to rejoice over. Hallelujah. Good things and new things are on the horizon that we've never seen before. So call them in with a decree. In other words, you can decree when God speaks to you and he lets you know what your part is in this. It starts to decreeing a thing. Decree what has not been given to you or what you haven't seen yet. God's already given it to you. He's already done it, but you don't, you haven't seen it in the natural realm yet. Start to decree those things. That's the season that we're in. We're in a season where all things are possible to him that believe. And to those that don't believe, God's going to make believers out of us. Amen. You know how some things are just so impossible to believe? God's going to convince us. Because these things are going to start to materialize and manifest in the natural. But stay on God's side. Don't go by how you feel. Don't listen to that old voice that tells you it'll never happen. We need to cut ourselves off from those voices. Amen. And look toward the new. And, you know, tell the devil, nope, God is doing a new thing in my life. I'm not going back to that. I'm tired of that. And I'm not rehearsing that anymore. But God is bringing the new and moving out the old. So we have to allow him to do that. And when that voice speaks to us, it says it'll never happen or it's not time yet. See, that's fear. Or it'll it'll happen, but you put it back on the shelf. Remember, take those things off the shelf. Every prophetic word that's been spoken. Everything that God has told you in the secret place that he was going to do for you. Take it off the shelf. Brush it off. Blow it off. And, and put it before God again. And allow him to get your heart prepared for what God has said. It doesn't matter how long it's been. You know, if people look at you and say, oh, it's been so, who, don't, they don't even know what's going on in their own life. So you can't let that bother you. And don't, don't stay in that vein where you dare to hope for it. Or I hear people say, well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, believe it because I was so scared. If I start believing it, I'll be disappointed. And so you can't, you can't control those kind of things around you. Don't shut your heart off. Amen. I'm telling you, it's hard to get your heart back out of there. And so we have to start to receive everything that God has for us and expect it. And if you just keep your hope and keep your faith out there, it'll catch up. These things will catch up with you. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't give up on God because you know what? God has not given up on us. And that's something to think about. He has not given up on us. How dare we give up on him? Amen. 
Keep it before the Lord. And see, while you're still trying to figure out if you want to believe it or not, it's done. Money, money comes. Everything that you need comes forth. Amen. Hallelujah. Start with those kind of things. The small things. You know, those things we consider small that God has done and done for us and we didn't know he was going to do them and we were surprised. Let those be a lesson or a stepping stone toward the big thing that you want God to do for you. Amen. You know, look back and, and say, well, you know what? God did this. He did that for me. He did this. He can do this thing too. He can complete the good work that he started in me. And so we need to trust God and really, really have faith that he's going to do what. Just take him at his word. Amen. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. So we're going to talk about some of these type of uh, miracles or suddenly the things that happen in the suddenly. These divine surprises or when God does something new. We talked about Mary. Amen. And let's talk about the first miracle that Jesus did, which started his ministry. Amen. And it was the wedding feast. Hallelujah. Where's that? In John 2. I'm hoping because it doesn't. I didn't write that beside there. So I think it's in John 2. Let's go there. Hallelujah. See, God was manifesting himself all the time. But some things don't meet, um, you know, we kind of measure. Is it big or is it impossible? Was it an impossible thing? Or, you know, who counts, uh, uh, who counts water being turned into wine at a wedding feast? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we don't look at that as a miracle. But that was a miracle. Amen. We'll talk about it. So the first miracle Jesus performed was at the wedding feast. And it was a divine surprise orchestrated supernaturally by God. Never done before. Man's hands didn't touch it. Amen. So let's go to verse 1, 2 verse 1. And it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? In other words, what you telling me for? My hour has not come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you to do, do it. So there was an instruction. The instruction was to follow his lead. And what did he tell them to go find water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece? Those were some big pots. And Jesus said, I'm in verse 7, fill the water pots with water and they fill them up to the brim. See how they obey the voice of the Lord. See, obedient or following instruction is very important to God bringing the, the, new thing into the earth we must follow his instructions verse 9 and when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine he did not know where it came from but the servants who had drawn the water knew 
The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And I think this this is important for us to understand right here. Uh, let's see, let me read that again. Every man at the beginning sets out his good wine. And when the guest had well drunk, then the inferior, so sit out the good stuff first and the bad stuff, the cheap stuff last. Amen. So you're trying to impress them once they get drunk, you don't care what they think. Amen. So verse 11 says, this beginning, this, oh wait a minute, I think I missed, okay, with the inferior, okay, first best wine for the guest, and then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. I almost missed the best part. Now how could that be the good wine? He had just turned the water into wine. Well, number one, it was supernatural. And number two, there's something called osmosis, I believe, took place right here. Uh, the good wine is the aged wine. He aged that wine supernaturally in a, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. Because it was the good wine that was brought out last because they had run out. So in other words, God can... Through, let's see, what's that word? Um, you know, supernaturally he did it, but he, he sped it up. What's that? Amos 9.13. Thank you. He accelerated. He, see, acceleration. I, I use osmosis, but he accelerated what he did. You had to be real sharp to catch that. Because it says here in verse 11, this Beginning of signs, Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory. How did he manifest his glory? Go back up in 10. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when his, uh, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. It had to be aged. So he did that supernaturally. And what's that word again? Accelerated it. In that part of our Amos 9.13 promise to accelerate, things are going to be happening so fast your head will swim. So he accelerated time for this wedding party. It's not that the wedding was so important, but he was manifesting his glory for all to see. And so this is how the best was last. Amen. Which is normally not done that. But he sped it up, he sped up time to age that wine so that it would be just as good as the beginning, the wine that was served at the beginning. Amen. So what I'm saying to you is God is doing things supernaturally. And it was divine, it was by divine design for God's purpose, His plan, and it's never been done before. It had never been done before. He turned the water into wine. Amen. Hallelujah. And accelerated until it was aged. It, it tasted like it had been it been in that bottle for four or five years. And that can only be done through God's supernatural means. Amen. So in other words, he took something out of the natural and did something new with it. 
The water was the natural substance. And he did something supernatural with that water and made something new. So something new out of something old. Amen. Hallelujah. Always follow instructions of God. You never know what's going to be birthed out of instructions. Jesus was birthed out of Mary's instructions. Amen. Hallelujah. The water to wine was the first miracle that Jesus did when he started his ministry. And that was the glory. The glory just was shown. And everybody there knew it. Everybody that tasted the wine knew it. So let's go to Mark 6. Hallelujah. God will do miracles in every area of your life. He always will. Amen. He doesn't do a miracle and stop. Get uninterested. He continues to do miracles in our lives if we allow him to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. Okay. Now, in this example, we're going to talk about the disciples and how, uh, let's see, what am I setting up? They fed the 5,000. God did something new. And supernatural out of something old. The people were gathered together. Jesus had preached to them and they were hungry. They had been there all day. And so uh, the disciples went to Jesus and said, let's send these people away. They're hungry. And Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, you don't send them away. Let's feed them. In other words, his direct voice, he said, you feed them. And they're looking at each other like, huh, how are we going to feed them? What are we going to do? Amen. So they wanted to send the people away. Amen. So that's in verse 36, I think. So we'll go there. He said, we'll send them away so they can buy food. They're hungry. But Jesus told them, you feed them. So that was instruction. It always, something supernatural always comes with instruction. So don't be thinking, I bide you, Satan. Don't think that voice is the devil. God will tell you what to do. Let's start at 36. Uh, send them away. This is the disciples talking. That they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread. For they have nothing to eat. Verse 37 But he answered to them and said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, and this is Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? See, it's always what's in your hand, brother. It's always that way. Go and see. He says, go, go see. Go see what you got. Go find something. Give me something old. Give me something in my hand so that I can do something new with it. So I can do a supernatural miracle with it. Hallelujah. So it says, um, let's see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. So five loaves and two fish. And then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups of the green grass. And so they sat down 
in ranks and of in hundreds and in fifties. There's a lot of people. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before him. And the two fish he divided among them all. Amen. And so they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fish. And now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. So it, it's, it just counted men. It didn't even count the women and children that were there. So probably over six or 7,000 people ate with two loaves and, and, uh, what was it? Five loaves and two fish. Mm-hmm. And so God will take, I think God was demonstrating his power to his people, which he always will do. If we see, we have to look into the supernatural. We can't look at natural in the natural and try to figure out what God is doing. We can't do that. We must keep our faith out there and, and keep our expectation so that we can really enjoy the things that God's doing. So he does things for his purpose, his plan, and has never been done before by man. Man can't do what God could. No man could have increased that food like that. No way. That's why he says, should we go out and buy him some bread? <laughs> God says, I, I, I have a plan. And he always has a plan. Amen. So let's see where are we at. He turned the five loaves into five fish, fed over 5,000 men. And God showed his glory. See, when people see signs and wonders of God, they know he's real. And that's what he's trying to get people to understand. Look, I'm real. This is, this is um, a sign and a wonder where I'm manifesting my glory. God wants us to know that he can do anything. He can, He's the God of the impossible. Amen. And so we should not doubt him. No man should doubt him. And guess what? He doesn't need any help from man to do what he's doing. He's God all by himself. Now, he will use man to complete his purpose if he wants to. But if he don't want to, he can do it without you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. And he showed his glory. Amen. This is also a season of prayer. A season of crying out. So that God's glory will be manifested on the earth. I think God wants us to pray. Hallelujah. Cry out that his glory will manifest. Amen. It's just not going to cover the earth and the seas by itself. But God needs his people to to help. To pray this thing through. To cry out. and, And desire to see his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark 4. Well, let's back up. Mark 4. Everybody has something to do. God will give his people instructions. Let's see, verse 35. Another example of God's glory. The wind and the waves obey Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So in verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Look, when Jesus said you're going somewhere, you're going. Amen. So you might as well get ready. 
and obey your instructions. He will give an instruction. Now in verse 36. Now when they had left the multitudes. They took him along in the boat. As he was. uh, As he was. And other little boats also with him. And a great windstorm arose. Look when the storms of life arise. Do not fear. God is with you. Amen. And this is what God is trying to show us. And the waves beat unto the boat so that it was already filling. So you hear you have a boat filling up with water. What would you do? Amen. But he was in the stern or the lower part asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In other words, we're sinking fast. Why are you sleeping? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you fearful? It's like he told Mary, do not fear. See, fear negates the, 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 you participating in the miracle. You don't want to be left out of what God is doing. But fear will stop you cold and paralyze you where you won't want to do anything. Scared to go east, west, north. You won't do anything but stand still. Amen. So he asked them again, look, why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the waves and the sea obey him? But this is the thing. The waves and the sea would have obeyed them too. And that's why he said, why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Because their faith should have spoke up. And see, that's why you were never put in some type of, your your back is never up against the wall. Satan cannot back you up against the wall. You are strong. You are invincible. You are unstoppable if you only believe that. And so like the disciples, they didn't believe that they had had any power. All they could do was cry out. But guess what? It's a good thing to do. You get You get in a situation where you don't know what to do. Cry out. It always helps. Amen. (laughs) So Jesus rebuked the storm. Peter cried out. Amen. Save us. When he, when Jesus walked on the water, he wanted to walk on the water. This is another example. Amen. And he told Jesus to bid him to come. And when Jesus said, come, he came. And when he started to uh, notice the storm, the storms of life. Look, let me just tell you something. When you step out and get bold for God and do something for God, devil's going to come. He's going to rear his ugly head because this is what he does. He wants to stop the prophetic flow of anything, stop the prophetic power and the, uh, the power that's within you. He wants to stop that and make you think you are nobody and nothing. But I'm telling you, when the opposition comes, when the storm arises, you speak to the storm. How do you know? That's what Jesus did. He simply spoke to the storm. And the storm obeyed him. Why? Because he had power, dominion, and authority. And he's given it to us. And so we have that same power. 
we have that same authority to stop the storms of life from raging against us. Amen. And all we have to do is say stop. And when we say stop, know that it will stop. So if you don't know that it will stop. So in other words, if you don't know that you have authority, but you say the right thing, you keep saying the right thing and that knowledge will come and that confidence will come. That if I say stop, you stop. When I say go, you go. (laughs) You know, and you'll get that confidence the more you use that authority. And when you keep using that authority, I'm telling you, you'll expect the devil to stop in his tracks. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil wants to steal your faith. Don't allow him to steal your faith. That's what he was trying to do to Peter. When he saw Peter up walking on that water, obeying the voice of God, he would, he was probably pulling his hair out because he didn't want, he never wanted those disciples to know how powerful they were. He doesn't want me and you to know how powerful we are. And if he can keep us in doubt and unbelief, if he can keep us in one little box in a corner, not ex- ex- uh, exerting uh, our authority or not using it, that's where he's going to keep you. Look, even though you don't feel like you're making an impact, if you know that God has told you that you are unstoppable, that you are untouchable, that you have authority over all the darkness in the world. If you've been, you know God said that, then you act like you know. You, you do it, you execute your authority, whether you believe you have it or not. And you continue to use it until you get confident in what you're doing. Amen. And, and stay in the word, stay tuned in to God's frequency. Get off the devil's frequency. The devil's frequency is you can't, you never will, it's not going to happen now, you'll never be healed, you'll never do anything great, you can't do it, you're too weak, or I'm too this. That's the devil's frequency. And we need to get off that frequency. And we need to get on God's frequency where he speaks to us and we follow those instructions and we see his glory. We see miracles happen. Amen. It's all in what you know. It's all in what you think. Don't allow the devil to steal from you. Be bold in the Lord. John 10, 10. We uh, read that yesterday. And it says, uh, the enemy's job is he is here to do nothing except kill, steal, and destroy. He's not here to do anything else but steal from you. Amen. He wants to steal the prophetic word that's been spoken over to you. And then the next time you get a prophecy, you want to hear something different. Oh, I know that already. But you never see it come to pass because you didn't get the instructions that go along with it. We don't ask God, well, how do we get this to manifest in the natural? Or help me to believe that this was for me. And so you have to get in the word and you have to expect God to bring these things to pass. But you have to work towards them. You have to put your faith out there. It's not that you have to be a great faith scholar. But you have God will get you where you need to be. But you have to trust him. 
and always look for these things to come to pass. Speak them, you know, declare and decree what God has already said. And these are the ways that you see these things come to pass. And then you'll get to the other side. Amen. Hallelujah. So he's here to steal from you. But hold on to the prophetic word. Don't get angry because you didn't see it yet. You'd be surprised how many people quit serving God because they didn't see the manifestation of what was prophesied to them. Amen. But you have to hold on and, and you have to fight fear. You gotta fight. That's, this is, you know, your biggest warfare is gonna be warring against your mind. And see, we always think it's somebody else's fault. You gotta war against your own mind that's telling you it'll never happen. Amen. That's your greatest warfare. And see, this is why the Bible tell us to war a good, wage a good warfare. Cause you gotta do everything that you can do. To hold on to the what God has promised. And you do it with your strength, with your heart, and with your, your mind. You know, you get your mind renewed in the word of God. And you start believing for the best. Don't talk to negative people. Amen. Don't let that negativity get down in your spirit and in your heart. Because people just don't want to see you do better. But God has called all of us to do great things. Not one more than the other. We're all important to God. Did you know that? We're all important to God. You know, he doesn't give one more than the other. Amen. Here's somebody sitting up with a big title, but you're the one that's out there making a difference. <laughs> so you cannot, you know, go by a title or what's a position that somebody has. Because God will give you a position that's just as important, if not more. And so we have to bring our minds up to date. And what I mean by that is bring it into the now. Bring it into where what God is doing in this hour. And stop letting the devil play with our minds and play with our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't allow your divine purpose to be stolen from you like so many people have. And see, then when that happens, they get mad. But you have to protect, you know, that's why the Bible says guard your heart with all diligence, protect what God has put there, all those promises, everything that God has told you he's going to do. Don't allow the devil to steal it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark five, uh, verse one. And this, this is the demon possessed man. And this is, uh, I should say the, the, what, what, the, Madman of Gadara. <laughs> he was he was tied to the tombs in the in the graveyard, and that couldn't even he was chained, and that couldn't hold him. He 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 called himself legions because he had many many demons. But God, you know, God delivered him, healed him, and set him free. And he was going around telling people how God delivered him, just like anybody else. See, nobody's devils are too many or too big for God. Amen. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Let's see. Let's go to, I'll, I'll do one. And then they came to the other side. Now, what does that tell you? And they came to the other side. They were in that boat. Jesus told them, come, let's go to the other side. See, everything, this was Jesus' agenda. 
Everything that he does has a plan and a purpose. And so when they were in that boat and got uh, caught up in that storm, he knew where he was headed. He was going to the other side to the madman of Gadara because he because he knew he needed help. If he didn't cast those devils out, nobody would. And see, he was he was uh, keeping in fear of frightening the whole region. This man had everybody. He was worse than Hitler. He, you know. I was going to say Ted Bundy, but that wasn't, that wouldn't work. <laughs> we were just having a conversation about him. And so, but he was a, a bad person. Amen. No, I'm not going to say what y'all thought I was going to say. Amen. But he was known throughout the, the region. And somebody was probably praying, God, do something about him. He heard the, the prayer. And so he was on his way. God had an agenda. He knew where he was headed. Amen. So in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerardines. And where he had come out of the boat, uh, talking about Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Who, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Even he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. How about that? And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you. You see, devils know who God is. They know. Don't don't think one minute they don't know who he is. They do. Probably know more about him than you and me. Shouldn't be like that, but it is in many cases. He says, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. See, devils don't like to come out. Verse 8, for he said, come out. This is Jesus telling him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, my name is Legions, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out into the country. And so he, of course, you know, it says a herd of swine. He let the devils go into the pigs. Pigs went crazy and went over the cliff because he was crazy. But let me read verse uh, 20. Let's see. And verse 20 says, And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him, and they all marveled. You know they didn't want him saying nothing to them. Just go away. But he was a completely different person. Amen? Hallelujah. He was a completely different person. Why? Because God's power is, you just can't compare it to anything else. Amen? Hallelujah. We have the same power living in us. You or me could have cast that out of him. How many of you believe that? Look at Chuck saying, huh? 
Amen. Amen. We have the same power. We have the same authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So legions went home and declared God's love, his great love for him, and how much compassion he had on him. And they all marveled. Of course they did. Amen. Let's do one more example of uh, how God does supernatural things. And it's, it's a new thing. Ezekiel 37. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Not a, it's an old story. But remember, God takes old situations, old things, and he turned them into new things. Amen. So it's never, nothing, nothing is ever too hard for God to change. Amen. You know those people that you say, he'll never change. Yeah, he will. And yes, she will. Amen. That's not for us to say. Amen. It's up to God to do. And he can do it without your help. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 37 verse 9. Uh, let's see. And this is uh, Ezekiel. Hallelujah. You know, he's a priest. And God uh, commanded him to speak to these dry bones. Amen. And I think this was in uh, Jerusalem. And this was the old army that had died and everybody had just died out or been killed. And the bones, the, the skin was gone. Everything was gone. It was in the desert, of course. And so it's like he gave him a hard thing to do. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Well, let me go back up. Let's do... um Four, it says, let's do three. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? This is God asking the priest. Uh, so I answered, oh, Lord, and said, you know. In other words, he said, don't ask me. Only you know. <laughs> I don't know. Verse four, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So he's going to, God is saying he will cause breath to enter into the bones and you shall live. It shall live again. Verse 6, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. This is Ezekiel. So I prophesied. You see, he, he had his instruction to prophesy to the bones. That was his instruction. And he said, so I prophesied. He didn't say, I, I can't do that. Those are just bones. That's silly. That's what we would think. It won't do any good. That's dumb. But he said, so I prophesied. Amen. Uh, let's see. I want to skip over some. I'll just keep going. In verse 7, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. 
but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain, and they may live. More instructions. So I prophesied to them as he commanded me, and breath came to them. And they lived and stood upon their feet and an exceeding great army. Amen. Praise God. God knows what he's doing, people. Amen. Always trust in the word of the Lord. You get a prophecy, it didn't come yet, take it off the shelf. Start to prophesy. See, prophesy to dead things that they may live. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. They were restoring the army and it worked. God is stirring things up. So agree with what he's doing. He is restoring everything that concerns us. But at the same time, he's teaching us how to move by the spirit. He's restoring old things and making it new. Amen. God wants to pour out in this season because he sees what's been going, uh, coming against us. Look, God sees what's been coming against you. Amen. He sees it. But God also wants to see where your heart is. So not only is he coming for what's bugging you, He's coming for all the impurities that's still within you, like what's in your heart. He wants to cleanse your heart. He wants to make us new in the process. Amen. And so although it's so God is funny because although he wants to make us better, he still uses us while he makes us better. And that's so good because he don't ever say you ain't you ain't no good. You this, you that. And you this, I can't use you, I'm going to use this one over here. He never does that to us. Praise God. He uses us, and just because he uses us don't make you all of that. He uses us to help us and to show us what's on the inside of us. Amen. He shows us that we're not useless. He uses us at our own level. He'll use you wherever you work. That's what I'm saying. You may work in a capacity where you are before many people. And you may work in a capacity where it's one-on-one. He'll use you while you're on the bus. He'll use you when you're in the market. Let God use you at your own place of entry. I'm going to put it like that. But the important thing is you hear his voice, you follow his instruction, because he is doing something new. God is always doing something. And the good part about this is he is restoring his people. Amen. But he wants to see where your heart is. And God will test you in the desert. Well, those, uh, what were they, the... um, the uh you know the people in the desert what do you call them hmm? the people that were in the desert y'all don't know who they were israelites my goodness so scared you're gonna help me out help a sister out 
because I'm, I'm, God's going to figure, help me figure it out anyway. But anyway, he tested them in the desert. And the reason he tested them was to see where their hearts were. Number one, number two, I don't know if it's in sequence, but to see if they trusted him. They, you know, he, whatever they asked him for, do you know God gave it to him? Whatever we ask him for, he gives it to us. You're not without and he is not withholding. If he doesn't give it to you, he fix it so that you can get it. Amen. If you get behind or you need extra money, he'll fix it where you can get extra hours. God is always doing something for his people. He never lets us just hang out there. You're asking for something and he don't respond. We don't serve a God like that. We serve a God that's true, a God that's dependable, a God that we can count on. Amen. He's going to always manifest his glory through his people. Always. Amen. A visitation upon the earth. So don't fear. This is where God is. He wants a visitation all the time. Amen. All we have to do is follow instructions and be obedient. God is addressing our fears and weaknesses. Don't let that, you know, don't ever feel like you're the only one. That's what I'm trying to say. We all have something, although we try to sometimes cover it up, but we all have something that God wants to work on. So allow him to work on what your problem is. Amen. And he'll do that. Amen. Because God just, all God wants is his glory to shine in your life. He wants the glory of his glory to rise above you or be shown in and through you. And this is where so the people cannot be discouraged. Amen. I have one more. How much time do we have? Five. Okay. Judges 6 verse 11. Amen. I don't know if we'll have time to to go there to Judges 6. Let's see if I can find it right quick. Yeah, here it is. Uh Uh-oh. Judges 6. And this is Gideon. And Gideon didn't think that he was nothing in anybody. Amen. He was... uh, He thought that he was the least of them. He was the person that had no confidence in himself. Amen. He didn't think that God would ever use him. Amen. But God uses the ones that think that they're, they're not capable. He would use you anyway. If he can coax you out, he'll do that. Amen. Now he was a fearful person and he was in self pity, but guess what? God can even use those. Don't ever feel bad about you. Just be willing to do something about it. Amen. In other words, Gideon didn't know who he was, but he found out. So let's see. Let's read. um, I want to read verse 14. Let's start at 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tenebrae tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash. The Asberite, oh boy, while his son Gideon threshed, uh, threshed the wheat in the wine press in order to hide it, in order to hide it from the Midians. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And that's number one. He thought he was a nothing and a nobody. He was full of fear and self-pity. But the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all these things happened? See, this is why people always think God is not doing anything. They're too busy looking at what didn't go right. They're too busy looking at what's wrong in the country. Or, or what's wrong with this person or that person. All you got to do is keep your eyes on God and what he is doing. Because he's doing mighty things. And see, you can see how so many people miss what God is doing by looking at stuff that's not real. Amen. And they miss what God is doing. Well, this is kind of what uh Gideon was doing. He was t- complaining to God, well, if you with us, why would all these bad things happen? And where are all the miracles you talked about, which our fathers told us? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. See, it's easy to start thinking like that. That's why you have to renew your mind in the word of God. And so, um, let's see, when the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. See, that was an instruction. Go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So all you need to do is obey. And so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. You see what he thought of himself? I'm the weakest and the least if you feel that, don't say it. Say, I can and I will. Amen. Well, I didn't get a good amen on that one, but it's okay. Let's see. Verse 16. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And then he said to him, if I now... If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who's talking to me. So, of course, he went through all the signs. He wanted signs from God. He threw a fleece. He did all of that stuff so that he could be sure. But God did it for him. I'm not saying he'll do it all the time, but he did it for him because he wanted this man to have confidence in who he was. We need to have confidence in who we are. God has given us authority over the enemy. He has given us, not going to give. He's given us authority to tread on serpents. Amen. Hallelujah. He's given us dominion over evil. Let's go to uh, chapter 7. Then Zerubbabel, that is Gideon. I guess that's his power power name. <laughs> and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of Mid- the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Mora in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many. Check that one out. 
for me to give the many, wait a minute, for me to give the Midianites into their hand. In other words, he's saying, look, this show is not going to be televised. It's too great for me to just have all these people with you. So cut it back so that my glory will be seen more. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see, where can we go for here? Verse 3. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. So it's more cowards than more bold people. You need to get rid of them. Hey, you don't ever know what God is doing when people quit showing up. Stop your brain from thinking. Stop trying to calculate and figure. And be glad you're still among the ones that are still going forth. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) He said, cut off them cowards. Those that are fear. Because see, when people start speaking fear, it's, it's, what's a word I can use? Contagious. Right. It is contagious. People start talking that stuff and it goes right in here and they lose heart. And he says, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a show of the devil. I'm going to show people how powerful this thing is. So get rid of the cowards. So it went from 33,000 or whatever to 10,000. Let's see, where am I at? Four, the end of four. And I say to you, this one shall go with you. Let me go back up. But the, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. So he got rid of them. Okay, let's do five. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, uh, likewise, anyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lap putting up, putting their hand to their mouth was 300. It went from 10,000 to 300. Why? Everybody was in pride. I'm not doing that. That's nasty. I'm not going to do that. But see, God was doing something here. He was looking to see how many true warriors was in the bunch. Because a warrior, if you get thirsty, you're going to drink. You won't deprive yourself. You'd be surprised how many people sit there, I'm so thirsty. But if I do it, he going to be mad at me. You can't. It's not about that. He wanted to see who were gonna, who was going to figure out how to stand at attention yet service themselves when they, when they needed what they needed to be done. So it went, that's a lot of people from 10,000 to 300. Amen. And then God says, there, those are your people. There's your people. Amen. Let's see, I think I got by, uh, ahead of myself. Verse six and those number who lapped, Putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men, but all the rest of the people go down, go down on their knees to drink water. And, and then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. 
Amen. Hallelujah. See, God can save by many or by few. God is not worried about numbers. People worry about numbers because they want to, they worry about how they look to other people. Mm -hmm. But honey, he is not concerned about our numbers. He wants the ones to stick around that's going to do the job anyway. You'll, you'll know why the line was cut. See, the devil will give you a reason. And I'm not saying it didn't happen like that in the natural, but you don't know what spiritual value these reasons have. Amen. So I guess y'all know now. Verse eight. So the people took provision and their trumpets in their hand. And he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. And now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. And it happened on that same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hands. And you read the rest when you go home. Amen. So God will, see, you can't look at what it looks like. You cannot look at what it looks like. Because sometimes it's not going to even look right. And think, and in fact, I think most of the time, it will not look right. But you have to get on the inside of your heart or, and your, your, or your spirit and know that you know that you know that God is faithful to his word. Amen. And see, Gideon was a coward. He didn't want to go in there with 300 men. He was probably putting signs all around the town. Come on and join up. Come with me because there's going to be a war. And we need every able-bodied man and woman. He probably put the women to work too. Amen. Because he was fearful. Amen. But God can do much more than we think he can do. He can cause us to do much more. Because we have the spirit of might and power on the inside of us. And once that's stirred up, it'll shock you. Amen. It will surprise you what you can do. Amen. God likes to surprise his people. Behold, he is doing a new thing. Allow him to do a new thing. Amen. Hallelujah. He can win by and do miracles by a few people because his power, his glory. See, his glory shined more with those 300 men than the f- almost 40,000 he started out with because they knew it had to be a miracle that got them through. So don't ever despise small beginnings or don't despise when the group is big and it, it narrows down. Amen. God is doing a new thing. And he's going to do it through his, you know what, I hope you don't think everybody in the church is going to be uh, the ones that pray through this final thing that God is doing. It won't be the church. I'm telling you, the people will still be on the pews. It's going to be those who are called out by divine design. Now, they can be if they want to be, if they allow him to train them. But I'm telling you right now, most people won't. They're in it for what they can get out of it. They're in it for the blessings, which I can't say that's totally wrong because it's in the Bible. Whatever's in here, you can have. 
But that that can't be your final story. Your final story is that you want to work for God and do whatever pleases him. Amen. Because we are waging war against the enemy. But what we have to understand is this war has already been won. All we have to do is follow instruction, obey and allow God to use us how he wants to use us. You can't choose what you want to do. You have to obey God and do what he has called you to do. Amen. Amen. So never underestimate what God is doing. And God wants to see what you're going to do. Amen. Do the same thing you would do if it was a hundred of us in here. Do the same thing you would do. Amen. God is only holding you accountable to do your part. Amen. Why don't we close? Father, we do thank and praise you. Amen. Praise God. We thank and praise you, Lord. And we lift you up. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this season. Hallelujah. We thank you that you are doing something new. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not know it? Can you perceive it? God is speaking in more ways than one. And his glory shall be seen throughout all the earth. Amen. Did you know we're glory carriers? We we carry his glory. Amen. And the world is crying out to see his glory manifest in the earth. And it's going to manifest through you and me. Amen. Praise God. Others like us who are just determined to follow God no matter what. Not look to the left or the right. But just want to see thy will be done. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank and praise you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. And we bless you, Father. We thank you for using us at this time, for such a time as this. You're blessing your people. You're using your people. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anybody that needs prayer.